You're listening to the Packernet Podcast Network. You, you feel this this nervousness on the phone there? Sir, I've been trying to make an urgent phone call up there. I don't think it's something I want to do on an overseas phone. You got to make some phone calls. Hang up the phone. Prank call. Prank call. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome once again to Packernet After Dark. This is the call-in show of the Packernet Podcast Network. If you'd like to call in, if you'd like to participate in the show, please feel free to do so. The phone number here is 608-501-0718. We don't have any new callers, surprisingly. So let's just kick this thing off with Jersey Mike. By the way, 9.40 p.m. So, uh... Game shouldn't be over by now, but uh, we're getting there. Hey, it's Jersey Mike. After uh, they go down for the the score, uh, the Chiefs do, and the Packers, uh, what's calling? Go for it. Uh, no, we don't go for it. But bad pass from Love to Dentavian Wicks on second and uh, fifteen, and then pass over the head of Jaden Reed on third and fifteen. I'll say this. On third and 15, I think he thought Jaden Reed was going to continue upfield because the defender was underneath him. Um, and that's one of those plays where they got to get on the same page. Yeah, I, I saw that too. Um, there were there were two plays that were kind of like that. One of them, I think, was to Kraft earlier in the game, and he kind of got held up. He was looking for a flag, and, you know, again, the announcer's like, no, there's nothing there, but... There was a guy that got in his way. It looked like he kind of reached his arm around him, whatever. Bottom line is, like, it just it kind of messed up the rhythm. And then there was another one where he was clearly, and, and it makes sense. There's nobody behind you. The defender's in front of you. Run up the field, right? I think maybe there's some confusion there in terms of, like, work your way back to the quarterback, but the defender's in front of me and nobody's behind me. And so I think Jordan just kind of threw it up, you know, back toward the end zone and was just going to throw up a ball to have him go chase it. And he kind of stopped. So I did notice that one as well. But but for right now, you know what? I'm happy with what the offense has done. Joe Babby, it's time to show up and stop this Chiefs offense. Patrick Mahomes has not been good this game. You've been giving him wide open targets. I don't know how the defense is called this poorly. On that on that touchdown, the last touchdown, I don't know what I'm calling, but the, the last touchdown to Watson or whatever, you have Owens. In zone coverage, you got zone coverage on in the red zone, and oh, this team has been playing great in man or zone swap. But th- that was not. That was just a basic zone. <laughs> I I don't like it. Joe Barry needs to do better. He needs to put us in man. Our guys are so aggressive in man. Stop putting us in zone. Anyway, I think we can still win this game. Barry just needs to step up. Go pack though. Yeah, and, and again, you can't be all man or all zone because it's it's too easy to kill a team if you know they're in man. I mean, we have we saw Rodgers do that repeatedly, right? If I know you're in man, you know, I mean, he, there's just too many play calls where if you got 100% man, you, you can beat them. They're just, I mean, they're literally called man beaters, right? But yeah, it is frustrating when it's like the game is going really well, and then you got a guy wide open in the middle of the field. And I don't know if that's a miscommunication or a Joe Barry thing or what, but I do know on one of them, the announcers are talking about how it looks like we're getting killed on play action. I don't know if that excuses guys being that wide open, but it's also frustrating because it's like, man, are we really selling out on the run and neglecting the pass? I mean, I get it. They're killing us on the ground and we're trying to stop that and be more physical and everything, but that feels like a scary strategy. But end of the day, everything panned out. Who 
Look at that sweet baby Nixon. You bet, Daddy. That. <laughs> that was the only call we got on that pick. I guess people get so excited, you know, your first th- thought is. And by the way, thank you to those of you whose first thought is to call in when something awesome happens. But yeah, that, that pick by Keyshawn was something special, man. It really was. They do knee replacements and all that. Uh, do they do hamstring replacements yet? <laughs> I think we need to get some new hamstrings for Christian Watson. Hope it's not long-term. I mean, I called him about him earlier, and I guess I jinxed him, so that's my bad. About three minutes left. You did. Really hope that we hold on to this. I mean, I'm... It's just the Chiefs, so I'm never confident. I'm never, I wouldn't be confident no matter what the team, honestly, because unless we get a tutty here, really would like a touchdown. Um, but anyway, even if we lost, I mean, Jordan Love has played phenomenal. He's had very few drives. You know, we had a pump for half, we had one other punt, then our defense actually got a stop, and then we got the pick. But, um, yeah, I just, Jordan Love has been great. The offense has been great. I just, I really hope we win this one. Go back, go couple things. First of all, it's funny because your thought process is exactly where mine was. I had to keep reminding myself, like you said on the podcast, that if we come out of this with a team that looks like they can compete with these teams, with Jordan Love looking like he's the guy, you know, I mean, if, if they do all those things, if they look like the team that played Detroit, then they happen to lose, that's still a positive. Just, just self-soothing. And it got down to the wire where I'm just like, Jordan, just don't throw like a stupid pick or something. Just don't give me a reason to be like, oh, no. Is it one of those, like, he can't get it done in the end? Nah, nah, nah. The other part of this, though, is you're right on both accounts. On one hand, there's not a lot of confidence, because we've seen this with, from the Packers, right? The defense is going to crumble, and then they didn't. We've also seen the Chiefs come back from this numerous times. This is what the Chiefs do. The announcers made that very clear over and over and over. The broadcasters were just constant. Oh, this is the Chiefs. Oh, yeah, we've seen it. <laughs> so for every reason, this shouldn't have happened. Right, this this is what the Chiefs do. They they've been in this situation before. This is playoff football against maybe the best team in football that knows how to win in these situations. They're not scared of these situations. They arise to these challenges every single time. We're not the team that's supposed to be ready for this. We're the young team that doesn't know how to play playoff football yet. We don't know how to how to really buckle down in crucial situations against top teams. This is sort of a learned thing. It's it's tough to you know, you look at teams like the Bengals and the Bills and stuff. It's like, you know, it's just not your time yet. You're really, really talented. You might be the best team in football, but are you going to beat the Chiefs? No, I'm going with the experience. I, you know, Andy Reid and Pat Mahomes, like these guys, they, it's, it's or the Patriots for years. Like, it's so hard to beat them because it's like they live in the playoffs, dude. They know everything about this. This was a playoff football game that was scripted to go to the Chiefs. And I don't mean that from a conspiratorial way. I just mean this is how it's supposed to go. In this situation, I mean, there's no doubt they're supposed to march down the field and lead a comeback victory, and then I'm supposed to come on here and go, you know, it was a tough-fought battle. It's it's tough to beat a team like that in that environment. I get it. It's disappointing. But, you know, I mean, that's that was what was supposed to happen, and it didn't happen. Hanging on by a thread here, buddy. <laughs> Hanging on by a thread. Max is worried. <laughs> huh, but I believe it. I'm worried. Let's get it. So we're up to 10.30 now here, Steve in Alaska. All I can say is, wow. <laughs> oh, man. Steve up in Alaska, man. I hope you enjoyed this game as much as I did, Ryan. I, I'm kind of nervous the whole time because, you know, it's the Chiefs. But other than uh, what I would say was a couple of bad officiating calls at the end, a little bit of stumbling on our part, I, man, I think we played damn near a perfect football game for yeah. as far as we've seen this team play all this year so far. 
Um, no, no complaints. I, you know, you say you want the defense to play a little better and get a couple more stops, but they got stops when they need to get stops. They held in the field goals instead of getting touchdowns. And, you know, hey, we beat the champs. You know, our house, we're, uh, we're officially in the playoffs as far as I understand. Right. Um, if they were to happen today, we are the seventh seed and we're looking good though. You know, the Watson thing, we'll see how that goes. It's a hamstring. So it's not a season-ending deal, but it'll, it'll knock him out for a little bit. But if, if you look at it from from this point in time on, you know who, who we got. We got to worry a little bit about um, what is it, uh, Cleveland, and we got to worry about Minnesota. Other than that, you know they're all they're all winnable games. I mean, this was the hardest game we really had left. So hey. Hey, let's 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 see what happens. I know I know I was the guy looking for for the high play or high draft pick, and you know if you're gonna lose, lose big so you get the draft pick. If right. you're gonna win, get in, man, get in, and then see what happens. So hey, um, so yeah, happy to hear from everybody else here. Everybody else cheer. I'm gonna look forward to that because you know we got a victory Monday, victory Monday. It's a fun day, our victory Monday. Go Pat, go. I love how Packer fans' inhibitions go to zero after a big win. Just like I just I don't I'll sing and I'll dance. I'll put on a freaking tutu in my living room and spin around. I don't care. Packers won. I'll do whatever I want. But yeah, man, it's it's it, first of all the fan base that is the fan base that presided over the run the table Packers. The fan base that just last year said we should put in Jordan Love and then win on a playoff run. Of all fan bases, we should not be the one, or we, we should be the one that have learned their lesson. And I am included in that, in not learning my lesson ever. And saying every year, I'm, I'm like that, uh, you know, I'm never drinking again person that wakes up the next day and just immediately has a drink to help cure the hangover, you know, which is pretty much describes my college experience on a daily basis. But except I didn't say I was going to stop drinking ever. Um, we we got to learn that until, unless and until we're eliminated, we, you can't count them out. We got to stop doing that. And I understand, you know, it's like you don't want to be a seven-win team. You don't want to be an eight-win team. You don't want to miss the playoffs but be like the next best team in line. That's the worst-case scenario. I mean, if you're going to lose, like get us a stud, man. You know what I mean? If you're going to be this bad, then be this bad. Don't, don't accidentally win some games here. I understand that. I get that. But man, every year the Packers make us look stupid. Every year now. 2023, we did it again. 2022, we did it again. Run the table, same thing. Like, oh yeah, Roger, we're going to run the table. Sure. Now, we'll see. We could still miss the playoffs if everything just falls apart and we get too big for our britches. And that's kind of the, the next part of this is like things have changed now. You're no longer that team. I mean, when you're on the bottom looking up, you got nothing left to lose. You start swinging wildly and just going crazy. Now you're in the playoffs. And you're up against teams that you're expected to beat. You are not, you're going to be the favorite every game from here on out, unless there's a massive implosion. But just expect to be the favorite every single time from here on out. You have to shift gears now. You're not the hunter, you're the hunted. Right? And this isn't unusual for the Packers, but it is somewhat unusual for a lot of guys on this team who have to shift into a new gear. Like, you're expected to be great all the time, as opposed to being doubted. You're going to start getting praised by certain people in the media. Not everybody, but a lot of people are going to start you know, they're, they're going to start turning 180s and start talking about how great you're going to be and you're going to do this and you're going to do that and, and what happens when you don't rise to that occasion? What happens when you miss a couple? What happens when you stumbled, you know? It's a different game 
All I can say is my thing this whole year has been keep your foot on the gas and let the guys rise to the occasion. Don't start freaking coasting because it's like, well, we're better. We don't need to start swinging wildly. You got here by taking freaking haymaker swings of guys. You knocked out Pat Mahomes in Lambeau. All right. You took the 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 reigning NFC North champion Detroit Lions, the the darlings of the NFL, and and one of the tougher teams in football, and you freaking hit them right in the chin and knocked them out. Don't start sitting here throwing jabs. <laughs> Snacks. Snacks, baby. Oh, what a cleanly played game throughout, man. I'm bummed for Watson, although it's not a surprise. But, I mean, that guy, six games a year is going to cut it. But, man, when he plays, he's something. Yeah. And he's right. But, gosh, uh, BS call on Owens. Thought we were going to have that fumble, didn't work. But, man, I got to give it to him, man. This, the, the entire team, Anders Carlson, man, that was that yeah, was gigantic. that was clutch. I didn't think he had that in him. Right. Oh, everything about this is great. I I got to be honest, I I wouldn't mind if they decided to sit Campbell for the rest of the way and play McDuffie, too, by the way. <laughs> You're not the only one. But, I mean, sweet baby Nixon with the pick? Finishing it out? That's six and six. I mean, I think we can now finally start saying, like, we can legitimately start talking playoffs. Jordan played out of his mind good. Yeah. I mean, they're coming, man. You know, you said you don't know what mojo is. You said you want to touch it. Well, baby, <laughs> it's right in our face. Let's just goop it up and eat it all. Sorry, not to swear again. I Sorry about it. that. All right, man. Have a good night. Go, Pat, go. He just said F and W, so you, you didn't uh... – didn't miss much, but I caught that one, so I don't have to go back and bleep it. We're cruising. Let's go. Jersey Mike, what's up, man? Let's hear it. Jersey Mike, what did I tell you guys? <laughs> what did I tell you? I mean, I'm off by two points, but whatever. <laughs> Let's go. Go back, go. That's what I'm talking about. Go, Barry. Why do you got to wait all game to listen to me? <laughs> Matt LeFleur, keep it up. Go, back, go. Beautiful win. <laughs> The last one said beautiful women, and I was like, "What? where are we going with this, Jersey Mike? I wish you guys could read these transcriptions. They're freaking hilarious. <laughs> beautiful women. <laughs> Over here talking Taylor Swift and Simone Biles. Let's keep it to football, all right? Ryan, am I, am I, am I dreaming? Like, I, I don't stay up this late usually. I'm, I'm an old man, but did we- Do you know how pissed I would be if I woke up and it was a dream? Oh, like there, there was just a fraction of a millimeter of a of a milli 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 pico nanosecond, femtosecond, where I was. Is that right? I think femto's next, right? Uh, milli micro nano pico femto. I don't know. Anyways, there was a femtosecond where, like, I I I thought, what if it's not like what it could? What what are the what are the odds that I am dreaming and this is fake? And it just made me almost throw up. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Did the Packers just beat the Chiefs? Reigning Super Bowl champs, Chiefs? Can you, I just need to, uh, to to check in. And did I watch Jordan Love play like his head was on fire and A.J. Oh. Dillon plow through and destroy half of their team? Half of the- Here, here's the, I'm, I'm sorry I keep interrupting you. I'm just having all these revelations. One of them I almost threw up. And it, Dude, if... if we, we look at it and we say, like, he looks like Aaron Rodgers, right? Aaron, Jordan Love looks like Aaron Rodgers. But at the same time, not really. Because here's what I mean. Aaron Rodgers didn't look like that every day. 
Aaron Rodgers didn't go out and play and make those throws every single game. It's the fact that he made those throws. And we can go back and put together highlight reels and everything else. Like He did amazing stuff. But it's not like, hey, Jordan, if you want to be Rodgers, you have to do that every day. No, you don't. Like that, even if the point is, even at peak Aaron Rodgers, like 2020, 2011 Aaron Rodgers, you think about him at his best. He would play those types of games and you would hear the announcers talk about like there's nobody in the NFL that makes that throw but Aaron Rodgers. I mean, since Pat Mahomes, nobody says that anymore. But like, you know what I mean? Or if it's Pat Mahomes, like nobody. (sighs) I guess what I'm saying is he's not just playing up to par. Like he's 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 just barely scratching the surface. No, he's playing Rodgers at his best. He's playing like Mahomes at his best. Not just Mahomes generally or Favre or Rodgers generally, like them on their best days. That's what we've been seeing the last couple of weeks from from Jordan. I just want to be clear about that. Please continue. Defense, you know, every, it felt like every time that A.J. Dillon touched the ball, somebody left the field because they tried to tackle it. I, was that just me? Was that just me seeing that? Or like, I, I don't know. What? I know for a fact we've seen multiple people leave because they've taken a thigh to the head. I'm positive we've seen that before. What happened? Not only is our team injured up and down our entire roster, but most of these guys are are barely out of college. Dude, we don't even have Aaron Jones, man. And I know he's been struggling this year, but like, do you know what would this offense be with peak Aaron Jones with those big breakaway runs that he has, or using him as a receiver? Like, this team is drastically different. We don't have Jair. Or Razul, which I know is a self-inflicted wound, which at this point you're looking at it going, you know, that whole rebuild thing. I don't know. Maybe maybe we call up Razul, see how he's doing. Buffalo's not doing too well. Maybe he wants to come back. I don't know. Long term, he's not a thing anyways. I'm just saying. Um, but, like, we, we haven't had our safeties. We haven't had our corners. We haven't had our linebackers for most of the time. Uh, they, they were back this week, but... We don't have Aaron Jones. We don't have Luke Musgrave, who's our number one tight end. We don't have DeGuara, who's like our number three tight end, I guess. I don't really know anymore. Kraft is really coming along strong. Third round curse. I don't know. Sean Ryan's playing. I don't know how he did. I don't know what happened, why he got put in there. If it was just because John Runyon's terrible, which again, I'm fine with. Let's see what, what run. But I'm just saying there's two third round picks on the field doing things. We'll see. What are we talking about, dude? I'm, I'm getting all spun up here. And we just beat the Chiefs. I like this is like okay every every Jordan Love doubter like th- this is it right yeah. like this is the game this is the game we're all going to be looking back on and and talking about right I mean it started a while ago I don't know what game I mean what what let's let's take a look what game was it where it was like okay if you can do that consistently then I'm in because it was one game he was really good but it was just the second half right? And then the next game, I was like, all right, you got to give me four quarters. And then he gave me four quarters. And I was like, all right, cool. Give me four better quarters. And then he gave me four better quarters. And that's when we got the call from, I forget I forget who called in. He's referenced it a couple times, but somebody called in and they were like, yeah, but give me elite throws. And I was like, all right, dude, calm down. Like we're getting a little greedy, but I mean, you know, sure. Why not? And we started to see the wow throws in like four incredible quarters. And then I didn't even, nobody even bothered to call in and raise the bar again. But Jordan's like, I got this. Like, I'm, I'm, I'm going to go ahead and raise the bar and do it again. But let's see what game that probably would have been. So I'm thinking it might have been the Rams. I'm not sure, though. Because Minnesota, I think, was the first kind of, I think that was like the first half or the second half game. Because he got a 68 grade, and that's like, okay, that was a pretty good game. It was basically a 70. That was his highest grade at the time, a 68. 
But, you know, we need a little better. And then week nine against LA is like the first official, like this was solid. 76.9% completion percentage, 228 yards, a touchdown, and uh, no interceptions, right? First solid four quarters, like not elite. We're not talking 300 yards. We're not talking multiple touchdowns, but solid. 76 grade, 83 overall grade. Zero turnover-worthy plays. Like, good to go. No, zero big-time throws, but, you know, it's fine. It was it was a good game. Then against Pittsburgh, we get 288 yards, two touchdowns, but two picks. However, five big-time throws, 74 PFF grade, and just two turnover-worthy plays, which, again, you got 100% of your turnover-worthy plays turn into interceptions. That's kind of BS, but whatever. It was, it was, like, undeniably, this was a solid game. Still could be better. Then we get the Chargers game, 67.5% completion percentage, 322 yards, two touchdowns, no interceptions. He had two big-time throws, zero, or excuse me, one turnover-worthy play. Solid, solid, solid. And, I, and, and that was the game again where I said he raised the bar. I don't care that his PFF grade went down 69.5. We'll call it a 70 even. I don't care. I thought it was better than Pittsburgh. I understand why it went down a couple things here, there, whatever, but I, I thought it was better. Then the Detroit game was like the piece de resistance. Like it was just the, it was the uh, mouge bouche. It was whatever stupid Frenchy garbage word that means like the, the ultimate. And again, at this point, it's been three games of like, okay, we're getting some consistency. We're starting to see some stuff. Everything's looking cool. And then we get 69% completion percentage, 270 yards, 8.4 yards per reception, three touchdowns, zero interceptions. He had two big-time throws, zero turnover-worthy plays, a borderline elite game, an 88 passing grade, 87 overall grade. This was the second week in a row, third out of four weeks, where his adjusted completion percentage was in the 80s, 125.5 NFL passer rating, like, and against a really good team. So for me, Detroit was like the one that locked it in. And that's when I even came on here and I'm like, I feel like this is stupid, but I have confidence that we can beat the Chiefs. And I have confidence because I have confidence in Jordan Love. Like it just, it feels real. Like I'm locked in. So when that Chiefs game happened, like it, it's, there was still doubt, but it was like, there's no doubt. Like he's just good. And he did it again. And I, I keep saying he, and again, I'm, I'm, when, when things are going wrong, I'm hammering Jordan Love. When things are going right, I'm giving a lot to Jordan Love. And I, I, the receivers, the offensive line, the coach, they all deserve a lot of credit. Jordan is the reason we're, we are where we are, period. Like, we, we, we don't get here without the, the help of everybody else to be this good. But the quarterback is what matters. And like I said, when he's playing bad, we're going to be a bad football team, and we were. If he can play like this, we are a Super Bowl-caliber team, period. And, and final thing, I've interrupted Nate a lot of times. Final thing, I have always said that the way that my mind works, or at least I try to, is that it's, it's sort of like... It's going to sound douchey, but like data-driven. I wasn't a believer in Jordan Love because less than 50% of these guys end up being good. So just I start off with a low percentage. Then you see one, two, three, four, five, six games of bad play through the first six games. In my estimation, they were all bad. Some were better than others. No question. Like the Chicago Bears game. I shouldn't even say bad, but it's like you can't not play the first half. Like that's kind of BS. Granted, 245, 9.1 yards per attempt, three touchdowns, no picks. It's hard to be super mad at that. But again, it just, we haven't seen like this guy's an NFL quarterback through the first six games. So my less than 50%, call it 40% that Jordan's going to be good. And that's relatively optimistic. Drop down pretty low. I'm sitting here looking at it now saying, okay, what are the odds that a bad quarterback is going to play this well for this long against these teams? 
It is possible, but it's unlikely. And, and it, it's why I said, I think prior to Detroit or whatever, the, the Minnesota quarterback, Dobbs, was a cautionary tale because he lit the league on fire. I mean, he, Gardner Minshew and just all these guys, like they, they light the league on fire and they're everybody's sweetheart and everybody's darling. And it lasts a couple weeks and then it fades. But here's the thing. How many of those, first of all, are first round picks with as much upside as Jordan Love who sat behind Aaron Rodgers for as long as he did. Like, those things were never going to be real anyways. Jordan Love had a very good shot. As I've said numerous times, if Jordan Love was ever going to be unlocked to his full potential, it was it was in Green Bay, under Matt LaFleur, behind Aaron Rodgers for as long as he was. Like, if, if, if he can't make it here, he can't make it anywhere. New York, New York. Green Bay, Wisconsin. And on top of that, a lot of it is good play in terms of just being a really solid game manager. When you look at Gardner Minshew, like, it's just... He's making the right reads, making the right throws at the right time. It's not just constant off your back foot, slinging it sidearm across the field. Like these are not the things that Gardner Minshew was doing. These are not the things that even, if we're being honest, guys like Tua are doing. And and I mean, don't no, don't get me wrong. Tua is playing some great football, but Tua and Dak Prescott are just they're different kinds of quarterbacks that don't do this kind of stuff, which is exactly why I made the comment, Jordan Love is either going to be really good or terrible. Because if Jordan Love reaches his full potential, he's not like, you know, Dak Prescott. And maybe Dak's a bad example because he's tearing up the league right now. But I'm not talking highly efficient. I'm talking watching throws and just going, what the heck was that? Like just staring at your television going, I don't know what I just watched. I still don't know what happened two weeks ago. That pass that Jaden Reed caught for a touchdown. I still don't get it. I have no idea what happened on that Romeo Dobbs throw. The pass to Christian Watson, like the next player, however many plays it was later, was absurd. But it's all this like just fadeaway jump shot, no look, sidearm. I mean, listen, you know, guys like Brock Purdy or whatever are really efficient and they can do some great stuff, especially when, you know, the play calling is on point and your wide receivers are looking really good, and your offensive line's giving you a lot of time, Like you can do some damage. And as a result of that, you, you, your stats go through the roof, your PFF grades throw, go through. There's a lot of different ways you can do that. I mean, Lamar Jackson is a different kind of quarterback. When he's at his peak, he's really scary because he can be really accurate. He's got an absolute freaking cannon, and of course, he can use his legs. But he's not Pat mahomes stuff. So bottom line is, it's different. Anyways, why don't we take a break? I don't think we've taken a break yet. I'm not sure. Um, But we'll take a break and we'll be right back. Hey, U.S. Cellular customers, I've got good news. So don't hit skip forward just yet. I'm talking about their special customer event, Us Days. What's Us Days? It means exclusive offers just for their customers, just to say thanks, like up to $1,200 to upgrade to any new phone. No, I didn't just misread that. That's up to $1,200 off. They must really like you. Us Days at U.S. Cellular, exclusive offers just for you, just to say thanks. Right now, U.S. Cellular customers get up to $1,200 to upgrade to any new phone. Terms apply. What's up? It's Aaron from Eau Claire. What up? I'm giving you a call right after the Packers just beat the Chiefs on Sunday Night Football. And it feels great. And I know that there's going to be all this talk about that non-called pass interference um, and people are going to make a big deal about it and they're going to completely forget that a couple of plays before that um, the Packers had a penalty called on a 
personal foul on Patrick Mahomes. That wasn't a personal foul in any sense. It was a clean hit. He wasn't out of bounds yet. And they basically gifted the Kansas City Chiefs a bunch of yards on that drive. And uh, all the attention is unfortunately going to go to this whole pass interference that didn't get called, which, sure, should should have gotten called, but they shouldn't have gotten those extra yards to get that far down the field anyways. Well, the narrative in and of itself is telling. Because you notice nobody will go so far as to say the Chiefs should have won. Well, the Chiefs were the better team and got robbed. Nobody's saying that, but but they still want to make it seem like that's the biggest storyline. The first thing I heard when I when I started researching and looking around and, and watching videos was Kyle Brandt or whatever Brandt, I don't know. But good morning football, and it was just like, it's a shame that we can't talk about what a great game Jordan Love had because we have to talk about these terrible officiating. No, you don't have to talk about that. You're choosing to talk about that. This was actually a really finely officiated game. Like, there were no issues with the officiating. There's a, there's a, there are issues with officiating in every football game I've ever watched in my entire life. This game, there were almost no issues up until the last minute when the Packers were already beating the crap out of the Kansas City Chiefs who needed a heroic comeback and were aided by multiple bad calls just to get him down the field. The fact that they had as much time as they had shouldn't have happened because it was a bad stoppage of the clock. They shouldn't have even been on our side of the 50 because it was a terrible call and a hit out of bounds on on Pat Mahomes. But you know what? At the end of the day, the Packers won. The better team won the game. That's the story. The Packers were the better team. It's not some stupid... I mean, what what a stupid... But they want to talk about it, and they want to pretend it's the biggest controversy in the world. And again... That's all they have. They can't say the Chiefs got robbed. They can't say the Chiefs were the better game. They, they can't even say that the Packers got all the calls because the Packers got more penalties called on them and had two bad calls prior to the one call that went against them. But they still got to push the narrative, don't they? They still got to kind of push like, yeah, it's crazy, right, with those penalties? Like, No, it's not crazy. That was a pretty standard NFL game. That was the worst a non-call of a pass interference since the Saints game or whatever stupid game that no it isn't no it's not even close i mean i th- those that honestly was a borderline good non-call in super slow motion yes it's very obvious just like most of these calls are very obvious in super slow mo but in live time you've got two guys diving for a football and a defender not touching the de- i mean with his hands Using just his arm, reaching across the body and swatting the ball away. It looks like a perfectly defended play. The only difference is the defender did get to the other player first. But in live time, it just looks like two guys diving for the ball, which happens all the time. It looks like a beautifully executed play. This is not an egregious missed call. That's absolute propagandist nonsense. It's it's a very understandable call. Again, it just looks like two guys going down for a low-thrown pass. And the defender doing a good job of, again, no hands on the defender or on the receiver, reaching across the body, not grabbing the arms, not grabbing the player, reaching across and getting his hand on all ball. You want to start throwing flags on made physical contact while, you know, reaching for the ball and swatting the ball away? The defender playing through the receiver to get to the ball and swat it away? You want flags on that now? That's the most egregious call you've ever seen. No, it's not. No, it's not. You just want to talk about it because you can't believe that Taylor Swift was there and the Chiefs lost. Frickin' get over it, you moron. So I think um, 
I don't really have any sympathy for the Chiefs uh, on yeah. that call. Um, I think the the refs definitely uh, had a few misses in this game, but I don't think they decided the outcome. And people are also going to forget that in order to even have a chance in that game, the Chiefs would have had to score a touchdown yeah. with the short amount of time they had left. Right. And, and then convert a two-point conversion. And then it's and just then It's not a guaranteed win, right. but it's overtime. So right. I think um, the, the Green Bay Packers scored more points on the Kansas City Chiefs than any team this entire year. And we're going to pretend that one call that was off that went against the Chiefs immediately after two bad calls that went against the Packers is the storyline. Wow. Packers played an incredible game, and I'm just really kind of surprised. I mean, I wasn't really that surprised, actually, to be honest with you. Um, But it's just the actual reality that happened uh, is surprising. And I also think this is a game that Aaron Rodgers would not have won, potentially. I think... You know, I always feel weird touching on that because it's like... It it just feels unnecessary. Like, it's a battle amongst Packer fans. And obviously, my side of things that was not super pro-Rodgers last year looks at this and sees a, a quarterback playing better than Rodgers did last year. I was very thorough in my examination of how poorly he was playing, right? Um, however, n- despite not really wanting to touch it, I do remember, I was watching the, in fact, I didn't even finish it. I still have it up here somewhere the uh, QB school going over Jordan Love's thing. And I haven't been watching that a lot lately, um, which I probably should, because if it's positive, why not? Why, why not just bask in the goodness? But I was watching it, and there was a play about, let's say, halfway through the video with Dontavian Wicks coming out of his route. He's about middle of the field. He's breaking to the outside of the field, probably, I don't know, 15 yards. Down. I, I don't, I'm just trying to paint the picture so you can kind of remember. But the bottom line is, and this is what I've been saying since the beginning of the year, when I said that I'm starting to really believe in Jordan Love because of the the QB school guy, kind of, it, it's the things that he's saying and showing and just the things that I was seeing. I mean, that's just where I happened to see it, but it's not because this guy told me to so. But it's things like anticipation. And on that play to Wicks, by the time Jordan Love winds up and is about to throw it, Wicks is just coming out of his break and is not open at all. He's not open. And I'm looking at this going... I, I And I don't know this for sure. And obviously Aaron Rodgers is intelligent and everything else, but he was not playing like himself these last this last year or whatever. I don't know. I watched Rodgers. I watched all the games. I watched all the plays. I'm telling you, there was a wide open running back that he could check down to, or he just wouldn't throw it to that guy and would have broke the pocket and ran. Will either run or scramble and then throw it away and then get pissed off at people. I just, I, I watched that play and thought there is 0% if for no other reason, then this is just a pure trust play. Because Jordan Love, he, he's not throwing to an open receiver. He's throwing to a part of a field, trusting that Wicks is going to go to that part of the field. And he did. And that's, what, that's, that's just what makes this thing work. That's why it's so hard to defend this. Because you don't just see an open guy and then break form. You see a guy run a route, and then all of a sudden he comes out, and it's like the ball's already there. This is so... You know, again, I, I I don't really want to get super into it, aside from the positive overall. Like, dude, he's looking like Rodgers, which is a great thing because Rodgers is elite. I feel like I've made my point. I've been very thorough, and I feel very confident in my position on how things have transpired these last couple years. 
But all that to say, I, I generally agree. There have been a couple plays that I've watched and just thought Rodgers would not have done that. He wouldn't have. Just flat out. He could have possibly gotten too frustrated when a uh, couple of things didn't go right at the end of the game. And um, I don't know. I'm just much happier watching Jordan Love run this offense than I ever was with Aaron Rodgers, except maybe earlier in his career. Yeah. But it's been a long time since I've, you know, had this much excitement and joy watching the Packers. And I think a lot of it is just the attitude of the team. So, anyways, hey, we're we're at 500, and we're now uh, seventh in the playoff run. So we should have a spot. And then I don't think anyone's going to even come close to being competitive like the Chiefs. So, I mean, unless we blow one, we should win win out. So. Go back. It's really weird, man. It, it, I just, I know, I feel the same way you do, that this is this is some of the most exciting Packers football I've seen. And, and maybe part of it is just the whole part where we didn't have high expectations, and that makes it feel really good. But, I mean, there, there genuinely is a part of me that watches this team and says, you know what, this team would kick the crap out of a lot of really good Packers teams. And I know that's such a bold and probably stupid statement but there's a lot behind it. Not only is the offense playing well, but we got three phases, which is rare. You can eliminate multiple Packers teams that didn't have three phases, right? There were teams where it was Rodgers and basically nothing else, like a receiver and some good offensive linemen. Um, you know, no tight ends, no running backs, no defense, no special teams. You know, you got Mason or whatever, but that's, that's about it. But there's two other things that I want to kind of delve into, hopefully tomorrow, if I can remember to get to it. Well, one of the two things. One we've already talked about and doesn't really need to super be elaborated on. But this is one of the most physical teams I remember watching. This team plays like a postseason punch-you-in-the-mouth football team. This team went out physical probably just about, I'm not saying every player, because there are guys like Mike Daniels that are that are no freaking joke. They'll punch you right in the throat. But this is some of the hardest-hitting, intense, like, I mean, physical on one side, but also just a team that wants it bad. Like they're out there saying, I'm, I'm willing to die for this. And before it just felt like we watched Packers teams that are just really efficient. You know, they're just good at football and that's what they do. They're technicians. Like this is my craft. You know, Aaron Rodgers, it's just, and I'm not saying he's not passionate because I know he wanted it, but it just, it just felt like I'm just good and that's what I do. And Devontae's good and that's what I do. But just seeing like Malik Heath, when he catches a pass, he freaking wins the Super Bowl every time he catches a pass. This guy is losing his freaking mind. And I'll tell you another thing. The other thing that I'm that I'm seeing for the first time, I think, ever since Matt LaFleur has taken over is genuine belief. Genuine belief. I have given Matt LaFleur a hard time for not really being like a motivator. And, you know, I mean, he just, he ca- the best way I can put it is like corny, you know? He gives those locker room speeches and I just, I feel like, I'm I'm looking at the players and it feels like they're kind of like pity smiling and clapping for him. Like, yeah, that's great, man. That's that's cool, dude. Yeah, he's such a freaking cheese ball, man. After this win, when you watch the video, and I'll, I'll again, I'll try to remember to play the video uh, tomorrow just so you know which one I'm talking about. Matt Lafleur starts the video by just roaring like a freaking lion, and just when you look at the faces, it's different. When you look at the the way these guys are looking, it's like a movie. It's it, it honestly the only other example I can think of is the Detroit Lions. When you look at their locker room, the level of belief that they have, the uh, the heck is that movie with Al Pacino? 
six inches in front of your face, and you got the guys that are like, their eyes are bulging out of their head like, let's go. You're watching Matt LaFleur talk, and like Christian Watson's always kind of geeked up, and he's, he's clapping and he's laughing, but a lot of these other guys are just kind of standing there. Rashawn Gary's balling his eye. Like, he's, he's 100% in all the time. So there are certain guys, but everybody is keyed in. They, uh, they genuinely, like for the first time, it clicked in their head like, dude, we're, we're freaking good. We just beat the Chiefs, dude. I, I'm, I'm just, I probably, maybe, no, screw that. I'm not reading too much into it. I'm right about this. I'm right about this. Go back and watch the locker room things from previous years, from any other time. And it's always like, yeah, rah, rah, we're good. Uh, great. This is different. This is like, you watch these guys in the way that they're all looking intently at Matt LaFleur, not just looking at the ground, not looking around, not just kind of whatever, this is awkward. Peering into Matt LaFleur, just just like, I need to hear the next words you have to say. Give it to me, sir. Oh, master of mine. Oh, leader of men. Give me your words. Just It's just, it's just different. Something clicked, and they're all in. And that excites me, because if you have a locker room that's turning into what the Lions had, but you have a better play caller, a better quarterback, a better overall team. I mean, look what happened. We went into Detroit and kicked the crap out of them. That's what happened. When you get that same passion and energy and intensity and belief, you go into Detroit, you kick the crap out of them. Then Kansas City, the Super Bowl champions come into your house and you stomp them. You put up more points on the Chiefs than any other team the entire year. That's what happens when a young, hungry team plays with passion and intensity and belief, and they're just getting started, the youngest team in football just figuring out how to play together. Oh, boy, oh, boy, I'm getting, I'm getting all jacked up here. Snacks, take it away from hey, me. Hey, man, this will be my last call, I promise. But sweet baby Nixon, <laughs> we're going to get the number one seed. Oh, that's the best. Just tremendous. Uh, what a perfect... Captain picking up the dime after coming out the gym and seeing Jordan do his thing and then uh, going through all that. What a night. Everybody have an enjoyable evening and let's celebrate all week. Man, that's great. Let's go. Packers, baby. Oh, man, it feels good. Just, yeah, just keep going. Just, I, I need to rel- need to calm down for a minute. Hey, what's up, Brian? What's hey, up? you're on again. Uh, one more thought about this game tonight that was so much fun to watch. Um, Jordan Love is now playing extremely consistently. Yes. And he's making all the right throws for for most of the game. Um, you know, a couple of uh, little mistakes here and there. But, you know, you saw Patrick Mahomes throw up a interception when the game was on the line. Um, everyone's going to make some a couple of mistakes. Well, and that's, that's the other thing that I brought up, too, when I was talking about number one. I mean, it, it, consistency doesn't mean you have to play this way, like 90 PFF grade every single week. Otherwise, you're not really Rodgers or Favre or Mahomes or whatever. Bull crap. These guys have bad days. Consistency doesn't mean perfection. It just means this is what you are, and this is the anomaly, right? This is the rule, and this is the exception to the rule. What is the rule with Jordan Love? And right now, it's looking like the rule is this guy's freaking amazing at football. And and we have to expect there's going to be some exceptions to the rule games coming up. There's going to be just like a, what the heck are you doing, Jordan? But all that matters is this is who he is, and this is what he does. And if that's the case, then you can have some bad days, right? Rashawn Gary. I love Rashawn Gary. He's a talented football player. He has bad days. 
right? Jair has bad days. Bakhtiari, not very many. He has bad days. That stuff happens. But I, yeah, it, it's it's getting to the point where it's really difficult for a bad quarterback to consistently do what he's been doing as consistently and as, you know, amazingly as he's been doing it. But, and it's not like Jordan Love was always in the best situations either. He had pressure in his face sometimes. Um, he had pocket collapsing yeah. on him. And he still continued to make good decisions, uh, run away from pressure, and throw the ball out of bounds and throw it away when it was necessary. Um, I'm just, man, I, I can't believe the turnaround that this team has had. I mean, it's just ridiculous to think that just a few weeks ago we were just we were completely dreading the rest of the season going, man, what's going, what's going to happen? Well, and it's funny, too, because even I'm sitting here going, like, man, was I too harsh? Because it, it was two weeks ago, I was like, screw this, it's over, Jordan's not the guy, we're, we need to move on. And now it's like, dude, we, we could freaking, like, I mean, I'm not saying Super Bowl run, but I'm just saying, like, sometimes you, you get into the playoffs and crazy stuff happens, you know what I mean? Like, it's just kind of a crapshoot, you never know. But there, there's, again... Hopefully tomorrow. I have like 70 videos queued up, so I don't know what I'm going to get to tomorrow. But um, PFF had a video, and they were just like, I don't, I don't remember ever a situation where a team slash player like Jordan Love went from like, this guy's really bad. Like, he's really bad at football, and it's really looking ugly, to just like, at the drop of a hat out of nowhere, it's just, I'm really, 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 really freaking good. And they're sitting there just going, I don't, I can't think of one situation, right? We, there are situations like with Josh Allen and all these guys where it's like, you know, they, they didn't start great, but it became, it got better over time, but not like bottom five quarterback becomes top five quarterback. Just one day, just <laughs> overnight. There's no middle period. Uh, I, I, yeah, I don't know, dude. Um, and you know, honestly, I don't know. I think Joe Barry should probably keep his job after this because with all the secondary injuries and all the kind of late-round picks and just kind of bargain bin free agency pickups and having almost no salary cap um, to spend on free agents on that defense, I mean, they're not giving up big plays. It's pretty crazy. Yeah. And Brian Gutekunst obviously has done an amazing job of maximizing the resources he's got. So um, I just think, man, we should be very, very fortunate or we should be thankful for the fortunate position we're in with such a solid organization. And I'm just glad that it's going the way it's going. Uh, go Pats. Yeah, it's going to be really hard to fire Joe Barry. And I know some people are listening going, not hard for me, and I, I understand. But, um, you know, again, it's 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 three phases right now. And, and yes, the, the defense could be doing better. So could the offense. So could special teams and all that. Um, but the defense isn't a liability. I mean, they are a part of the reason. The fact that we can trust them to keep a team under, like, 20 points consistently is a winning formula. It just is. 
Um, I think that there deserves more scrutiny than than what they're getting. I don't think they're quite as good as what is being kind of heralded on them. Um, just as an example, and I've gone through numerous, one of the things that also occurred to me is if you are a bend-don't-break team, their offense is going to be on the field for longer. If their offense is on the field for longer, there are going to be less drives, and if there's less drives, there's less points. But there's also less points for our team. So you're sacrificing our points and deflating how many points we're able to score because our offense can't get on the field because you can't get off the field, but also artificially deflating how many points they score. And I'm not saying that the Packers do that at an inordinate rate. It's not even something that I've cared to look into at this point, but it's just an example of context that just generally is not being looked into. It's just kind of, you know, the Packers don't allow a point, a lot of points and that's great. But I think that there's, there's more to it than that, but still, it's hard to look at it and say, you know, because I, I think compared to the question of is Joe Barry the best option at defensive coordinator, I think most people would say no. Are you going to drag Joe Barry into your office and say, this is bull crap and you're fired, pack your stuff and get out of here and then go find somebody else and then try to rebuild this whole, you know, because, you know, the, the consistency and the uh, cohesion and everything else, it all matters. And you got Darnell Savage starting to play now. He was the highest graded defensive player on our team, and he was looking pretty good prior to the season. And, and you know, I mean, it took him a little while. We, we knew when Joe Barry came here, it's tough on safeties. Amos looked like crap. Savage kind of went to zero. It's a tough thing, but suddenly Savage is waking up. We, we might have a safety. And the linebackers play pretty well in Joe Barry's thing, and the edge rushers don't really seem to have a problem. And suddenly, like, they're stopping the run a little better. I wouldn't say they're good at it. But you're starting to see like that intensity that that is needed, the the physicality. It's just it's just it's hard to get to the point of saying we need to tear this thing down, bring somebody else in, teach everybody a new scheme, and then next year going it's year one. You know they got to kind of learn it, and then in year two, like bullcrap, dude. We're 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 balls to the wall here at this point. So I I don't know. I I, I think it's hard to fire Joe Barry at this point. In fact. I mean, it, it, it would be a hard decision for me. I think it's it's 0% chance they fire Joe Barry right now based on how things are going. The defensive performance so far is not a fireable offense. Let's put it that way. Anyways, let's take our final break. We'll come back and hear from Henry. Hey, Ryan. This hey. is Henry from Minnesota. What's up? I'm kind of shouting because I'm in my car on the way home after I watched the game. That's all right. You know, went over to family to watch it with them. And I just got to say, like, man, screw Chris Collinsworth to heck. <laughs> that guy, he's, he's most of the problem with the modern NFL. Like, good Lord, you... You're going to spend the entire postgame dwelling on a couple missed calls oh, I know. that went against the Chiefs. What about that ridiculous, unnecessary roughness that was called on Jonathan Owen? Or how about the Cinderella story of Jordan Love taking over for Aaron Rodgers and looking like peak Aaron Rodgers to take down the reigning supreme number one quarterback and the number one team in historic Lambeau Field. Like, if you can't find an effing story somewhere in there and have to talk about a penalty, you're, you're, you, you are a biased hack piece of garbage. And that's unfair, and I'm sorry, but that's so freaking annoying to pretend like there isn't bias laid in, laden in that is insane. 
That 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 isn't the storyline. That's nonsense. The Packers were the better team today on the back of an elite performance from Jordan Love, which has been such an unbelievably big storyline for such a long time. And and look, this is the culmination. This is the apex of that four-year-long drama that started the moment that the Packers traded up to draft this guy. And we come here full circle. His first start was against the Chiefs, and they lost, and we come full circle here, and he plays better than Pat Mahomes, and they beat the Chiefs, and you can't find a storyline other than, oh, I missed the call there on the stretch. I missed that call, and then the Chiefs should have won. Shut up, you hack moron. What about MVS getting stopped inbounds and they didn't run the clock on him? You know... I think I saw a face mask on Jordan Love earlier in the game. Not- hey, and we can play this, get like Chiefs fans are going back and like, look, there's a hands of the face. Like, dude, do you want to play that stupid game? Should we go back? And because you know what Packer fans will do? They'll go back. They'll watch all the snaps and they'll find your offensive line grabbing and holding and hands to the face. They'll find a false start and this and da, 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 and round and round we go. You know what? This is there is nothing egregious about this game. Refs miss calls. It happens in every single game in every every single week that there is NFL football. There are missed calls over and over. There are Twitter accounts dedicated to missed calls and all they do. And it's all we talk about constantly. And then when it happens in this game, we act like, oh, I've never seen anything like this. This is all we talk about is missed calls. So shut up. You know this isn't egregious. One sack. He obviously got his hand inside the lip of the helmet and they didn't call it. Right. So, I got... And again, that's standard. That's what happens, and it's annoying. That call that Rashawn Gary did get when he's flailing around and, like, throwing the flag over and over and over again, it it wasn't until eight seconds into Rashawn Gary screaming for help that they threw the flag. If he had let go two seconds earlier, which would have been five seconds into an egregious penalty, there probably wouldn't have been a flag. Like, the fact that he had to beg for as long as he did right in front of the ref, like, excuse me, sir, are you seeing what he's doing right now? No? Hello? 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 Oh, yeah, yeah, okay, flag. I mean, come on. It's about the ref and two, Chris, yeah. Yep, I get it. <sighs> anyway, I get it. go back, go. Great game until Chris Collinsworth opens now. <laughs> That I mean, and that that is what's really annoyed me. And um, who the heck was it? Kudos to I think she's a Packer fan. Every, she's always been really cool with the Packers. What the heck is her name? I don't know. But um, the there there have been a couple people, and it seems like every video that I've watched always starts with you know we got to start by talking about the penalties, which is such BS. Oh, I can't not mention her name. What is her name? Oh, I think it was Mina Kimes. They tried pulling that BS on Mina Kimes. And it was something, I'm, I'm going to butcher this, but it was something to the effect of like they, they kicked it over to Mina Kimes and they were like, obviously the storyline here is the penalties, but like, what did you think? And she was basically just like, no, the storyline here is that the Green Bay Packers just beat the Chiefs or something to that effect. Like Jordan Love was better than Mahomes. Like that's the storyline. And I was just, I about jumped out of my chair and started applauding. It's like, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And I shouldn't have to jump out of my chair and applaud you for stating the freaking obvious here, but I'm going to. I do like Mina Kimes, by the way. There's just certain people that every time you see them and they talk, it's just kind of like, I appreciate the things that you're saying. And there are other people, I just want to punch them in the throat every time they talk. 
And I can't think of particulars. I just know that Mina Kimes is one of the more, like, I'm not just talking to say irrational nonsense so that I get a bunch of clicks. I'm just going to try to be rational and then, you know, say things that make sense. <sighs> Anyways, you guys are getting me all worked up now. Hey, Ryan, this is Daniel from Milwaukee. Hey. I know it's been a while since I called in, the last time I called in, but um, I just had to basically, you know, speak on my experience with the Packers this season. Um, the beginning of the year, you know, I was thinking, like, you know, Aaron Rodgers went eight, uh, six and ten uh, in his first year. We were eight and nine last year. Um, I mean, the only expectation is to to see something in Jordan and probably get to seven, maybe eight wins. I mean, but now, I mean, after the roller coaster ride this season has been. And seeing us just beat the Chiefs, I mean, 27-19, watching Jordan make that throw to Romeo, and then, like, right after, hit Christian in the back of the end zone. But I tell you, I was thinking, I'm like, dude, we can literally make a run to the playoffs and, like, not just beat a team, but like upset one of the, one of the uh, top teams. That may sound crazy, but I mean they have fight in them. Um, that Pat Mahomes roughing, you know, unnecessary roughing uh, call was that was garbage. She was inbounds. I get that they had like a DPI that they didn't call on Carrington, but I don't care. I mean that was payback. Um, they they sat there on the on the actual uh, commentary for like two minutes straight, you know, showing Travis Kelsey like getting held by Devontae or whatever. I don't care, you know. It's like that type of stuff happens all the time, especially during uh, last minute situations. So whatever, you know, like, get over it. But I'm just super excited for this team. I mean. Go pack, go, really. Well, and not not only that, but like the revisionism of like how it went down. People are talking like, oh yeah, Travis Kelsey got tackled as the ball was in the air. Like, no, he didn't. It it looked like it because he went flying. So like he he did get pushed in the back, but it the way that it is being described is not at all accurate. Because if if we want to be real about it, that there was probably seven pass interference calls that. Coulda, woulda, shoulda been called on that. You know, just based on balls in the air, you can't be like running into people and pushing people and stuff. But there was not some egregious like tackle by our linebacker. It was one of our corners, I think, that kind of hit him in the back that caused him to go flailing like a freaking. I mean, it's, it's, it's on him for having terrible balance. Let's just put it that I mean, he could have taken the hit and just been like, okay, whatever, and jumped up and tried to get the ball, which I don't think he could have anyways because the ball sailed over his head. But we got to make it this big, dramatic, like, oh, he got tackled with the ball. It was in the air. It's like, no, he did it. It's not what happened. He flopped over the shoulder of our linebacker. But, you know, it is funny, too, when it feels like every week I, I say stuff and I'm like, ah, I don't know. And then I hear you guys kind of doing the same thing where it's like, I don't know, it sounds crazy. It's like, I know, I see, and I, you don't want to say it. It's so crazy to sit here and be like, I, 
I don't want to say Super Bowl two, three weeks after saying number one overall pick, because that seems crazy. However, (laughs) fully acknowledging we are not the best team in the NFL, can we also acknowledge that it's unlikely at this point the Packers don't get into the playoffs? Can we fully acknowledge that a team that is good enough to beat the Detroit Lions in Detroit and then follow up with the Kansas City Chiefs win is good enough to win in the playoffs and can basically at least compete with any top team? I'm not talking favorites, but they weren't favorites against Detroit. They were, what, seven-point underdogs? And then what were they, six-point underdogs, I think, or six-and-a-half-point underdogs against the Chiefs? I know that. I think it was seven, and it started to move again. Basically, back-to-back seven-point dogs and won both of those games. And when we look at sort of the any given Sunday thing, and we look at the fact that the best team doesn't always win the Super Bowl, that's not, it's not a, it's not a vote. You know, I mean, at, at the very least, I mean, let's, again, let's walk through it. Are we getting in the playoffs? Very likely, yes. Are we good enough to beat a team and, and, and maybe upset somebody, whether it be the, the Lions hopefuls or possibly even like the Eagles or the Cowboys? Because that's what people are talking about now is th- this is a team that's like going to upset somebody. They're the team that nobody wants to play. They're going to go in and like take out the Eagles or the, the Cowboys on their road to destiny, right? They're, they're killing everybody. They're so like, it's, it's really down to, is it the 49ers or is it the Cowboys? And then the Packers are just going to smash the freaking daylights out of the Cowboys. And then they'll lose to the 49ers. 49ers will cruise into the Super Bowl. And it's like, you know, we'll never know who is better between the Cowboys and the 49ers because the Cowboys never got a shot because the Packers are just a freaking wrecking ball. But the point is, like, how big of a gap is it to have basically everybody in the media saying the Packers are the team that nobody wants to play right now? They're looking like the team that's going to pull an upset and beat a team that they're not supposed to, and then probably get knocked out. Like, that's what people think is going to happen. You're telling me that it's absolutely out of your mind insane to start talking maybe they can win, what, two more games and limp into the Super Bowl? That's, that's impossible. Like, into the playoffs and winning playoff games, yes. Super Bowl, freaking impossible. You're a biased, hack, idiot, moron. I'm just saying. I know it's crazy. I know it's stupid. But crazy and stupid is the world we're living in right now, man. That's just the way it is. I'm sorry. I just report the news. This is the world we live in. Jordan Love's the one writing history. I'm just reading it to you. Anyways, I'd love to keep going. Please keep the calls coming. We've got 33 more, but we're starting to gain some ground here. Um, keep it going, man. I, I, I need this. I need this. This perked me up a lot. I have just had an extra amount of juice for the last 24 hours that I haven't had in a while since we beat the Detroit Lions. That was the last time. But uh, got to keep me going, man. Keep me motivated. Otherwise, you guys have a good rest of your night, and I will talk to you tomorrow. Have a good one. Bye-bye. 